got it. Okay, perfect opening. Three, two, one. So I'm going for my sex change tomorrow. No, just kidding. I thought you would. Well, I am. Oh, what? I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Finally be a man. Uh, Welcome to Red Salad Review. What's up, Blue? Doing all right, Mr. Noon. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing real great. And uh, thank you for joining me on this show. Uh, This is kind of like a new thing I'm going to do now. Uh, On the last episode, I showed everybody all the the stack of CDs that I've bought over the last month or two. Very good. Glad uh, to see you're on the physical media kick. I am. I am. I, I got back into it. I never knew you got out of it by the amount of... Uh, <laughs> I never stopped. But do not tell my wife. And if any of you people message my wife and tell her I'm buying this shit, I will find you. Doesn't she watch the podcast? No. You think she watches this? No. No, she don't watch. She don't listen. She don't watch nothing. So I can say anything and get away with it. <laughs> when it was live, yeah, she used to watch it all the time. She thought it was funny. But since I don't do live anymore, she don't watch this. There's well, no you know. interest. Because you know why? Because everyone loves watching live stuff because of things that could go wrong. Remember right. the remember the nipple slip from Super Bowl two thousand four? That was planned. I told my wife, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's showing titty. <laughs> <laughs> Even the worst one. Do you remember the one? I don't remember what pay per view it was, but uh, what's her name? The old lady uh, uh, from WWE. May Young. May Young. Remember that one? No, I think I tried to block that out. Oh, my God. I still see that to this day. I'm still haunted by the hand she gave birth to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great booking, Vince. I couldn't think of her name, May Young. Who's the other one? Uh, Moolah. That's uh, what I was thinking. And there was a dark side of the ring based on Moolah where she got tarnished. Oof. uh. Yeah, not not a nice woman. No, not at all. But we're not here to talk about wrestling. You can say that for Beyond Bushido, which you can find here on the Red Salad Review Network. What's up, James and EA? What's up, guys? We are here to talk about music and two albums that I bought. And I uh, really never heard of this band. And the only reason why, actually, I, I bought these, because um, when the last Flotsam and Jetsam album came out, we were trying to have a guest come on from the band. And... Uh, Ken Mary was one of the guys that was doing interviews at the time. It was actually the first, one of the first interviews uh, I was going to have on this show. And it turned out that the guy never got the info of coming on the show. And I got into a big argument with the guy who was booking all the interviews. And the interview never happened. But it was the first time I ever heard of Ken Mary. And, and uh, actually, Troy Noah was on the show at the time. And he goes, oh, I know who Ken Mary is. He was in the band Fifth Angel. And I look up Fifth Angel, and lo and behold, it's this band here. And I've never heard of them before. And Never really picked up their albums, and I sold them on sale for $5 each, so I couldn't leave them there at the website that I was on, and uh, I grabbed them. Good steal. They were a good steal. And uh, I liked them a lot, so... and well, then you... I, I think my background is actually the yeah, debut Fifth Angel album. It is. It's this one right here. And uh, well, I was talking to you the other day about this, and you said you knew who this band was, and you used to listen to them when you were younger, and... Uh, I you did got, uh, actually take from your my, brother or something, right? Yeah, my my older brother, my my late brother Mike, who was really into um, prog metal back in the eighties. Like he was a huge fan of Queensrÿche, Fate's Warning, Crimson Glory, and I would say probably the number four power metal group um, from the United States at the time. I would say would be Fifth Angel. He had the album Time Will Tell. 
And they have a song on that album called Midnight Love. That was actually the theme song for the Channel 9 Howard Stern show for oh, two really? years. So that's how I heard about them. Ah, I had no idea. Mm, that was the last time Howard Stern did anything good. <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to him at all. I never uh, really liked him. Yeah, Hack. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this is my first time hearing this band. And uh, just some little info on the band. Uh, they were formed in Seattle, 1983. Bellevue, uh, to be exact. That's right. And uh, they went into the studio with Steve Lawson Productions and uh, Terry Date as the producer-engineer. And they recorded a four-song demo that consisted of Fade to Flames, Fifth Angel, and In, uh, in the Fallout, and Wings of Destiny, which you just mentioned. Uh, Shrapnel Records signed them in 1985 and financed a recording of five more songs to complete a self-titled debut album, which is this one and your background. And it appeared in 1986. Uh, the group was signed a major label deal with Epic Records in 1988, and the debut album was re-released. Uh, as the band prepared to record a second album, they lost founding guitar player James Bird uh, and Kendall Betchel. I'm terrible at pronouncing names uh, Hill, I think is it. Some, that's close enough uh, he was brought in as his uh, replacement and in 1989 the follow up record Time Will Tell appeared but the band had lost its label support uh, with its going uh, with its members going their separate ways by 1990 so this band really wasn't around very long and they kind of called it quits after that but in 2000 there was rumors that they were reuniting and uh, it finally happened in 2009 and uh, Ed Archer, John Mako, Kendall Betchel uh, were joined by drummer Jeffrey McCormick. And in 2010, the band played its first ever live show in its history at the Keep It True Festival. That's really strange. That is amazing that that band never once played a show or did a tour. Nothing. And yet they had a video on MTV back in oh, 1989. Really? What was the video for? I think it was uh, the title track, Time Will Tell. I think oh, it was, was that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't even look that up. But, uh, yeah, so they did that. And then McCormick left the group in 2011, along with announced uh, lead singer David Felfault. Uh, oh, he never, he never even performed live with them. But in uh, 2017, Fifth Angel has been active once again. Mm-hmm. And then the original drummer, Ken Mary, rejoined the group. And vocalist Peter, another name that's going to be pronounced terribly wrong, Orulian. He returned to sing for some. Good as mine. <laughs> yeah, he returned to sing for some 2017 engagements, and then the band booked two shows for the year: April 22nd, 2017, in uh, Seattle, Washington, and the Keep It True Festival again in Germany. And their third album, The Third Secret, was released in October 26, 2018, by Nuclear Blast. We are not reviewing that album, but once we do these, and maybe somewhere down the line, we will get to that one. I think we have to. Ralph Vieira from uh, Vieira Vaults praised it. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's definitely something that I want to get around to doing after we review these two albums. Yeah, definitely, because I really enjoy these albums quite a lot. I... Sometimes I buy things. I mean, I know I knew Fifth Angel was okay. I heard some of the clips or whatever on YouTube just to check them out before I actually did buy it, even though it was five bucks. I mean, come on, it's five dollars. I gotta save my money, you know? I can't just buy everything. Right. It looks like I do, but I don't. Well, but, again, this is this is over the course of like 35 years of buying music. So right. it's not like he bought these all behind him yesterday, people. Relax. No, Take it easy. Yeah. No, this is a lifetime of spending all my money. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, I, I'm really glad I bought them because they're, they're awesome albums. I mean, the debut album that you just took your background off of. Um, well, I, it was getting annoying because it looked like my head was coming off. Oh, that's all right. And you said I looked like a Klingon at one point, and uh, <laughs> well, only when you turn your head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always turning my head, trying to turn away from the mic so I don't, you know. <sighs> <laughs> you gonna sing Chocolate Rain next? Chocolate Rain. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> it's a like I said, it's a great debut album. Uh, they really came in with the guns blaring, and they really could uh, contend with any band at the time with with the same style. I think you know, it just they, like I, I mentioned on the last show with uh, Paul Gas, I kind of messed messed it up a little bit, and I meant to. I, I really meant for uh, uh, Fifth Angel. They remind me a lot of Riot. They have a lot of Riot sound. Actually, on on this album, on the second album, I don't think they really have that sound. But on this one, they have that like '80s, like uh, pump your fist up and like you know. Yes get into it kind of thing you know i compare it more to like armored dave pritchard era armored saint yeah i can hear or that um what else did i compare it to actually it was oh oh yeah um i remember um the band lion which is famous for being uh the band that brought doug aldridge from okay. dio and uh white snake to the forefront right. um Reminded me of a lot of that. Um, and unfortunately, the problem is when people think power metal, they kind of lump it in with like the spandex clad, big hair wearing hair metal. And it's two completely different, different sounding, you know, genres. Mm. You know, Poison does not sound like Fate's Warning. And <laughs> Fifth Angel does not sound like everything else out there. I mean, I would even go so far as to, like, I hate it when people refer to Dokken as a hair metal band. You're going to tell me that Tooth and Nail is a hair metal album? Give me a break. I, mean, I hate me, the term hair metal. I, just... I, I hate it as well. But, you know, I, I think, if anything, you know, a band like Dokken, I mean, to me, it's just melodic metal. Hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, probably the most well-known power metal band, even though now for negative reasons, but I'm still not going to deny what they put out is Iced Earth. That's probably the first power metal oh. band that comes into mind. You can't say that name here. Oh, give how, me a break. How dare that guy do what he L- did. Listen, listen. listen. <laughs> it, it, okay, listen. I'm going to tell everybody something real quick. If people are going to be sad over the fact that, Spil- that Phil Spector passed away and the guy was a murderer, if you're going to give him a pass but not John Schaefer, then you're a fucking hypocrite. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Exactly. So, Actually, we are going to be doing an Iced Earth first Iced Earth show at some point. Oh, nice. So we're always going to talk about Iced Earth. I love Iced Earth. I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I mean, are you going to deny, deny the contributions of uh, Brett, uh, uh, Brett's, Brent Smedley or mm-hmm. Ralph Santola or no. Matt Barlow? I mean, come on. Give me a break. Definitely not. No, not at all. So, yeah, yeah. forget what they say. But anyways, though, so like, you know, when people think of American power metal, people mostly thought of Iced Earth Mm. most of the time. I mean, Fifth Angel, I would probably say, since they had less prog leanings, I would definitely call them, them and Riot, like, and Armored Saint. I I would say that that is proto-American power metal, definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, how many bands could you say knocked it out of the ballpark? You know, oh, yeah. and and the thing you know with power metal, 
as a genre itself. Most people think of like Blind Guardian, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of the European bands, you know, Hammerfall, Stradivarius. What's up, Timo? Um, a lot of people think of them as like, you know, what power metal should sound like. And to me, when I listen to Fifth Angel, I actually think more of like a dystopian, apocalyptic Mad Max type setting. Mm-hmm. You know, dudes riding on Harleys without helmets on. I mean, like, you know, and, and hot girls. Let's not forget the hot girls, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, that that's the kind of image that it conjures up with me. And yeah. I, I love it. So. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I I envision all that stuff when I listen to this. So, you know, it's cool. It's it's a really it's a great album, and it's and actually you mentioned Timo, and uh, the song "The Night." I swear it sounds like a Stradivarius song. I want to see what notes I actually had for that, since uh, you and I are shooting the shit about it. Might as well uh, take my notes out. So, what did I have about the night? Oh yeah, I just wrote one word. Thrashy, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a thrashy song. There's a lot of thrashy songs on this album, actually. Great dual lead harmonies. Like yes, there there are a lot in the fallout. I think that's a thrashy song. No, that's the second song. No, that's the uh, opening track. Is it? Yeah, and I yeah, thought. It... All right, so yep, that one is a thrashy and, song. And I thought I thought that actually set a great pace for the rest of the album. Yeah, it did. You know, like I said, when the first album when it came, you know, when I turned the album on, it's like. You know, they're ready to go. And I was like, damn, I didn't expect this at all because I actually listened to Time Will Tell first. So I was a little shocked at how this one was, you know, completely to me, different. To me, Time Will Tell is a, it's just as good an album. Mm. Bit of a departure, I would say, from the debut album. Although the de- the debut definitely, you know, I could see why people called it power metal. Um, Time Will Tell is definitely more of, a straight up melodic metal, more along the lines of like a, a Dokken. And, and that's not insulting it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's praising. I mean, to me, I would hold that album up there with the first four Dokken albums. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things about that album that completely blew me away was a perfect cover of UFOs lights out. <laughs> you like that song? <laughs> Well, I'm biased because Shanker's okay. yes, I know because uh, Shanker's one of my favorite guitar players, and I was just like, you know, when I finally got around to listening to it, I was like, please don't do a note for note cover, and they made it their own, and I thought yeah. they did a great job. I like it. I prefer when bands when they cover other bands' material that they do their take on it, and I thought they did. So, yeah, yeah no, they did a good job. But as far as the the uh, the first album. Uh, I mean, every single song on here is awesome. You know, there's not one song Agreed. I picked. I picked my favorite songs, but there isn't a bad song on here. Uh, no, not fallout, at all. No, in the fallout, shout it out, call out the warning, fifth angel, the night, and cry out the fools. Uh, cry out the fools, I think, is my favorite favorite one. Yeah, that's probably the most anthemic. I would say yeah. of all them. Yeah, that's probably why I like it so much because I, I love those singable, you know, chorus stuff, and uh, that song does it for me. But Every song is awesome on this album. And I wish I would have heard this a lot sooner, you know, back in the day. Uh, because I, I would know it more, you know, because I've only listened to it for about a week. So, you know, I do know it. I remember the songs, but I just, I, I, it's not a part of me like, you know, half the stuff is behind me, you know. And I wish I would have heard this a lot sooner. No, it's definitely a grower, especially when you first hear it. Like, you never forget it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's unfortunate that. With Shrapnel being the band that released it, you know, 
See, the thing that people need to remember about independent labels is, yes, the quality of the music that they release um, is stuff that I find more favorable than I would find on a major label because, again, it's the musician writing music and recording music strictly for, you know, to, to fulfill an artistic need. Sometimes once commerce comes into it, it, you know, the, 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 the music itself is kind of diluted. Yeah. Um, Shrapnel did a great job in the eighties of releasing some great stuff from Tony McAlpine, Racer X, Fifth Angel. I'm sure if they had, uh, you know, money comparable to a major label, we'd be talking more about shrapnel bands mm. now than, you know, than, than we would before. But again, money talks. And th- that's not a knock on Mike Varney. It's not a knock on shrapnel. You know, I mean, they gave us great. And, and to their credit, I mean, Fifth Angel's debut album did reach 122 on the Billboard 200. Yeah. So that's no small feat, especially right. for a, a metal album in the 80s released by Shrapnel. So, um, you know, I think if Fifth Angel had more of the financial bagging from a label, we'd probably be talking more about them than we are Queensryche. That's just right. my opinion, only because, and again, I like Queensryche. I, you know, especially like, everything up until empire Hmm. but i mean for me it's like there are certain songs from queen's rec that i could put onto one album and say okay this is my favorite queen's rec album there's not one bad song on this debut yeah no not at all although i will disagree with you on queen's (laughs) rec that's a queen's (laughs) rec but i get i get i totally get what you're saying though I, i do get what you're saying do you have favorite yeah. songs off of this album, or you just pretty much every song? I mean, it's it's, it's this album is basically a perfect ten. Well, cry, cry out the fools, yes. Um, the uh, you know the the album the the sorry the song that they named mm-hmm. after themselves, Fifth Angel. Um, I love it because of the dual lead harmonies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's definitely their statement. Um, call out the warning. I wrote in here that it would have been a perfect song for the soundtrack for an apocalyptic action film shot in Italy in the <laughs> 1980s. And I absolutely love that genre. And uh, again, in the fallout, shout it out. I mean, it's funny because Terry Date, nobody knew who he was at the time. But, you know, he got his fame for Pantera. And listen to this. Then you go to the Pantera albums that he produced you could see that he was on the verge of something great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he did, he did a good job on this album and Definitely. it's awesome. And if, if you guys have not heard it, I mean, this is what it looks like. So go look it up. Uh, it's on YouTube, you know, but uh, go buy it after checking it out. Cause you, you're going to like it. And if it's still on sale for five bucks, I forgot where the hell I got it from. Uh, I can't remember, but, just go look for it. You'll now, really what, like it. what edition is that? Because uh, it's a reissue. It's not a. It's a metal blade uh, reissue. From it's a metal blade. Uh, yeah, from 2018. Ah, metal blade. Same. All right, I'll have to find that. It's a digi pack, which kind of sucks, but uh, it's cool. I like it. Uh, these are both actually digi packs, and they're both released from Metal Blade from 2018. Second album, Time Will Tell. This almost sounded like a different band. Yes, agreed. Very commercial sounding. But still, quality is there. 
exactly. Still, quality is here. And again, every song is good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Absolutely. another perfect ten album. Uh, one thing is that this actually reminded me of uh, Pink Cream '69. I've only heard one Pink Cream '69 album, and that was their '99 release. Oh, really? I forget the name of the album, but I think one of the the, the opening track is called "Shame." Okay, uh, that's really all I have to compare them to. Really? All right. Well, it's very similar to that. I, I hear that album a lot in this. In this, um, actually, no, I'm hearing the next album, but I know what album you're talking about. Is that the one with the the baby bottle on the front cover? I think, right? I could be wrong. The the version that I had had all four band members posing in front of the uh, yeah, for the front cover. So I don't remember a baby anything. <laughs> but. But, you know, yeah, no, uh, great album. Definitely veered away from the power metal aspects and definitely yes. more towards like the melodic metal, which again doesn't take away from the fact that it's great music. No. Um, you know, and they were on the verge of something great with that. And then all of a sudden, you know, heads at record labels who signed bands like Fifth Angel and Dawkins to major labels were then put out to pasture. And, you know, the newer, younger, yuppie-minded type people tried signing bands that they liked more, which is why a lot of the commercial music in the 90s sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of it did. Well, I I will say I this though, but but the quality of 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 the metal bands that were releasing on a smaller uh, label was definitely some of the best stuff that yeah. was, was coming out in that decade. Yeah, you know, it was it wasn't all about trying to re- trying to make a hit. And again, you know, Fifth Angel. The reason why I was exposed to them, other than my brother having the cassettes, was because uh, Midnight Love was the opening theme song for Howard Stern's TV show. So I'm surprised I didn't get them, you know, at least some kind of interest or renewed interest after their label dropped them. You know, I mean, yeah. killer song. It is. It's a very kill cool song. Even the opening Cathedral is a really killer cool song. Yes. Um, yeah, I love Midnight uh, Love. Seven Hours. Th- that song's been stuck in my head since I've been listening to this. <laughs> you know what? You, you know what that chorus reminded me of? Though? What? What? L- love Machine by Wasp. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. Yes, yep. I was like, "Eh, did you guys steal from that?" You admitted a little bit, a little bit. Uh, they must have had to have. That's why it was sticking in my head. I'm like, "Why? Why does it sound so familiar?" It's even like with the other album. You know, there's, there's somebody stealing something from somebody. Uh, there's only so many chords you could write. There's with. only so many. I mean, um, Tony Iommi wrote every good riff. <laughs> uh, wait for me, Angel of Mercy. We rule. Feel the night. Uh, feel the heat. I mean, again, really, there's, there's no really bad song on this album. It's it's hard to say anything bad about it at all. No, but, um, I I really love Ted Pilot's voice, and yeah. I that um, it almost sound like a different singer though on this album. Well, again, that's about what three years difference. Yeah, but still, I mean, I guess because of the the music change, too. I guess maybe I'd change his style of singing a little bit. Probably, and I know for a fact that um, Fifth Angel wanted. Uh, Ted back in the band when they reunited, but I think he was actually afraid that he wouldn't be able to perform up to mm. snuff like he used to. So um, I think it's a shame. Uh, I I would love to at least hear him 
you know, maybe sing on one of their more recent tracks off the last album, you know, maybe mm-hmm. one day we'll get that once this pandemic is over. <laughs> um, doubtful, but hopeful. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I definitely one of the best singers for a power metal band, but not just power metal, but metal in general. I mean, his voice is so on point. Yeah. Like, this is before autotune people. Let's give credit <laughs> to Yeah, right. Yeah, he's awesome. And like I said, I wish I would have heard these guys earlier because I, I would probably be a lot bigger fan of them by now than I am, you know, because I, I still still fairly new to them. But I'm going to listen to this album on and off all the time because it's just it's good, you know. I'm going to listen to this at work. I know some other people are going to like it too, so it's going to well, be good. But uh, like I wrote here, uh, this this album changed abruptly from the first one. It's more commercial. Uh, the first one had a lot more faster, thrashier type songs, and this one just went to a more commercial direction. But it's still a great album. It doesn't hurt the album at all. Um, I'll say right here, and I mentioned too, it, you've got to listen to more Pink Cream '69 albums because you'll definitely hear Pink Cream '69 on this uh, this album. They could actually, they could actually do this whole album, and you would think it's their own. It's possible. I mean, like. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll definitely give them a, a, a listen because you recommended them. I mean, you know, you recommended Gaskin, and we went over that in the last episode, and that was a great album. But um, I will say this, though. Um, and that uh, the Pink Cream 69 album was electrified, by the way. That's the one. That's the one. that. That's and the only one from them I heard, and that was a good one. There's a girl on the front cover, actually. I think there was an alternate cover, though. Yeah, the alternate cover was the one that I had, so... But um, I, I will say this, though. I think Fifth Angel would have been perfect for an opening slot on the uh, Mind Crime tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, you know, it would have been cool to have seen them tour with uh, with a Dokken or say what you want about this band. But I think, again, White Lion is another band that I feel like gets lumped in with that hair metal term, and I hate it. Again, to me, it was just melodic metal, melodic rock. That's another band I would have liked to have seen them with. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just a shame that they never got the credit that they were due, that although you could say that they got a break by signing to Epic, a division of Sony, um, you know, they never had that break. And I feel like if they did, they would have surpassed. Yeah, I think right, so too. The, the way that what they're known for now. Yeah, I, did, I definitely think so. They were great musicians, awesome musicians. I mean, they still are. They got the new album out, and actually, Ken Marys and, and Flotsam and Jetsam, which is really strange because, you know, that's really departure from uh, from uh, Fifth Angel. You know. Did he replace Jason Bittner? Yeah. Okay, because Jason Bittner's an overkill now. I think. Is he? Uh-huh. I believe so. I've seen Jason Bender a bunch of times with Shadows Fall. Sick, sick, sick drummer. Yeah. So yeah, no, he's awesome. But uh, Cam Mary's awesome too. I mean, he he does a great job on the latest uh, Flotsam and Jetsam album. If you haven't heard that one yet, no, I'll definitely give that a listen. Yeah, definitely give that a listen. It's, they're back to their thrash roots, so you'll like that one a lot. All right, very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, both Fifth Angel albums, ten out of ten for me. Yeah, so, same for me too. I, I can't say nothing bad about these albums whatsoever. No, no. So, and hope hopefully this um this episode of Rat's Review will turn more people on to them and uh get people to um you know buy their material. And buy their stuff. Here's what they look like again. Look for them, buy them. Fifth Angel. Time will tell in the same title debut. 
go buy them and go check out the new album. I don't know what the hell it's called. I forget what the name of it is. Is there a name? Oh, it's the the third secret. The third secret. Yes, I did say that before. So go check that out, and hopefully they make another album. But hopefully we get to listen to the third secret before they do that. Secret, not secret. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I say. (laughs) Yeah, apparently they said that that a nuclear blast is treating them a lot better than Sony did. So. Well, well, Nuclear Blast is uh, they're like one of the top metal labels now, I, I believe. They got everybody on there. That's true. I mean, they've definitely come a long way from being, you know, just power metal or, um, you know, uh, black metal or death metal. I mean, at one point, I mean, Nuclear Blast had, um, oh my God, what did they had? Demo Borgir, they had In Flames, mm. they had, they even had Narnia at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, which is funny because I wish Narnia had done the soundtrack for Chronicles of Narnia. That would have been perfect. <laughs> I like, thought it was inter- a movie about the band. <laughs> I, I remember when Aslan came back from the dead in uh, Chronicles of Narnia. I was just like, why is Inner Sanctum not playing right now? It should be. <laughs> I like them. I didn't get the last album, but I like them. Yeah, but uh, Fifth Angel, man. Good shit. Good, good, good shit. shit. Yeah, and I'm glad you were here to uh, go through that with me. It was a very good uh, listen. And Absolutely. I can't wait to see what you're going to pick out of my pile next. <laughs> and I don't want you to think it's all about me. I let you pick your stuff too. But I got a lot of stuff to get through. Um, you know what I would you know what I would like to do with you is probably maybe like a carnivore retrospective. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of carnivore, but I'll do that. They only have two albums, so that's easy. Yeah, they really only have two albums, and like yeah. they're each like half an hour long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like the long dirgy anthems that Typo Negative would write, but no. you know, uh, I, I, maybe we could do that closer to April because uh, you know it's April sixteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Will be eleven years that we've lost Peter Steele. So, oh, wow. yeah, Doesn't seem like it's that long. Actually, one 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 thing I would want to do, um, I'm trying to do with uh, Music Is Life podcast is. I want to see if I could get Louis Beto, the original drummer from Carnivore, to uh, come on. I shot him an email, but I didn't get a response yet. But it is a goal. And I'm friends with Johnny and uh, Kenny on Facebook. So I would like to get them. And maybe the engineer for the typo releases that were recorded at Systems 2, Mike Marciano. Um, those are um, those are goals of mine to try to get yeah. them to come on. So. Cool. Well, good luck. Thank you. I'll need it. <laughs> and where can we find that beautiful podcast of yours? So I'm happy to say that you can find the Music is Live podcast exclusively on the Ratside Review Network. You could also subscribe to my podcast on formats such as um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now even Pandora through Ratside Review Network. Yeah. And you can also find my YouTube channel, Music Is Life Podcast, where I got three episodes up uh, with more along the with more on the way. So definitely got some uh, episodes. Uh, we're definitely gonna have to review some Dark Side of the Ring stuff once it comes mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing those with you. Well, it was just the one episode, but I had a lot yeah, of fun did, doing uh, that. Which one was it? I don't remember. I think it was the Fall of Owen Hart. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. No yeah, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Sorry, Owen. I'm so uh, sorry. Oh God. But uh please go to ratsalreview.com and, and like I and like Lou said, please uh subscribe to his YouTube channel too. You um uh, uh, Lou uh 
Music is like music podcast. is like podcast. <laughs> and of course, Wayne, the high muckety muck of Ratsai Review. Thank you as always, as always, for having me on your show and for hosting my uh, poor little podcast. Really no appreciate problem. the love, buddy. Thanks. No problem whatsoever. Actually, we're going to be adding uh, a couple new shows too to the network. So once they get started, I will announce those. Good. So when you do, let me know. And if you create a new intro or a new... I will. Because that intro that you use is old and half of those shows aren't even on the network anymore. Is the great Harry Barnett (laughs) even still like around? He's still around. I was just on his birthday episode. Okay. Two weeks ago. And actually, I'm doing a um, a 3D printer episode, uh, a 3D printer show with him. Mm -hmm. That's fun. That's cool. Did you make a 3D printout of... The Power Slave album is that what that was? No, that was I, I found a um, uh, like a 3D video and I just took a picture of it. Oh, okay. Because I was like, wait, did he just make that? That's awesome. I know. I, I wish I could. I'm sure I could though. I don't know. A lot of things you can do in that thing. Although I feel like throwing it through a window once in a while. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Just do cool. what I do, buddy. Just buy Funko Pops. That's all I do. <laughs> oh, I have a few of those. I got I got the Maiden ones and I got the Ghost ones. And, uh, I can't believe the Rush one goes for like two hundred bucks almost. They have a Rush one. They have one with it's it's um, Getty, Alex, and Neil from the twenty one twelve Farewell the Kings era, uh, and it's 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 so it's so bad the way they made Getty's nose. It's fucking huge on his face. <laughs> and I, I saw it. It was like a buck seventy five. I'm just like, oh hell no. Yeah, no, that's you expensive. Know? But it's a yeah. shame you didn't get it. You know, when it first came out, because you'd be making some dough. See, like right now, I'm at the point right. I I don't care to sell anything. I mean, I have four guitars okay. and and a bass guitar right now. And when I needed money back in the day, I would hawk my guitars. But no, now that I have my Fender Strat, my Dean Vendetta, my Jackson Adrian Smith, and my Steinberger banjo, as some people refer to it, <laughs> That's um, terrible looking guitar. <laughs> yeah, but it sounded good. It sounds though. good. Yes. I mean that that's what I used to record Atomic Punk with and uh and again I'm gonna make fun of Wayne because he hates the phase shifter sound. <laughs> oh, God. <Ugh. laughs> hate that but thing. You you realize that was a big part of Eddie's tone. That's why it was uh, I used it on Atomic Punk. You better hope I never come to your house and see that thing laying around because I'm gonna step on it. You touch it, I'll kill you. <laughs> That is the most annoying thing. That's like Jim Carrey. You want to hear the most annoying sound you ever heard in your life? What is it you don't like? The whoosh? <laughs> the, the constant whoosh. Yes. Well, well, you know what, though? I've done some modifications now, so now I, I use a different amp setting. I go clean. And um, actually, I'm really happy that I invested in the TC Electronic Paul Gilbert Mojo Mojo Overdrive pedal. <laughs> Yes. Try saying that three times fast, by the way. <laughs> I'll let because you handle that. Because that actually gives you like a really warm, uh, crunchy tone for like like hard rock, old school metal type stuff. Really, really happy with it. Actually, that's what I use to re-record um, We're an American Band with. So, okay. you know, yeah, you came out good. Well, yeah, because I didn't have the phase shifter on. I didn't use the annoying garage band settings. <laughs> Maybe of my course, own settings. I, I actually I just re-recorded the drums for that, and uh, of course Troy, Mister Perfect. You know it's a little sloppy for him, but it'll work. <laughs> Dude, you were in Cold Steel. Seriously, come on. I, I mean, get over know, it, Troy. Come yeah. on. Yeah, 
We're just having fun. I know. We ain't and getting he, paid for this. No, and he picked the song too. So it's not like I would have picked American Band. Who the hell picks American Band? No comment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the Grand Funk Railroad songs, American Band. Well, what would you rather do? Some kind of wonderful? That wouldn't fit the theme of the show. No, actually, the only song, other song I know is uh, "Close to Home." From the heavy metal soundtrack. What? Queen Bee from the heavy metal soundtrack. I never saw that, but the, but the uh, Halloween uh, covered "Closer to Home," so I know that one. Is that on uh, Metal Jukebox? No, it's on the bonus disc of um, uh, Master of the Rings. Oh, okay. Yeah. By the way, I, 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 I did have uh, Metal Jukebox on CD. And um, I have to say my favorite cover on that was He's a Woman, She's a Man. Their yes, cover. that was cool. Yes. And I hate the Scorpions, and that was that's a cool song. I think we've had this discussion before. I forgot you hate the Scorpions. <laughs> hate the Scorpions, and I hate Dokken, which you've mentioned tonight. And I don't you like hate Dokken? Oh, Dokken is the worst band I've ever heard in my life. Well, one of the worst ones. Yeah. What is it about them you don't like? Everything. I don't like George Lynch. I don't, I don't like George Lynch now, but I love George Lynch then. No, I don't Never. Well, to each their own. I, I, do you lump them in with like Poison and bands like that? Is that what it no, is? No, no, they're, they're a metal band, basically, like hard rock metal band. Poison is—I don't like Poison either. But yeah, but hey, you know what? I mean, I'm trying to think—is there? I'm sure there are many bands that people love out there where I'm just like, I just don't get it. Hmm. Yeah, you know? of course. I mean, I got so. tons of them that people don't understand why I like them, but. I don't know, they're just one of those bands. It's just a cheesy 80s band that I don't like. And I like eight cheesy stuff, but I don't know. Just them. I don't know what it is. Just never heard anything I liked. What was that one that they had for a movie? Um, oh, man. There's a Dawkins song for a movie. A horror movie, I think. Oh, Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors, yes. Yeah, he or does. I might not shoot part three. Oh, that, that song's cheesy, but I mean, you know, though, again, when I listen to it, it brings me back to um a fun time so if i were to blast it in my car at a volume of 52 <laughs> and oh, yours goes to, out loud <laughs> if i were to what's a corolla um you know les studio corolla yes um you know uh, if i were to listen to it i'd probably sing along with it but you know i mean a lot of people don't understand my fascination with uh rush a lot of them don't understand my uh fascination with um Peter Gabriel, Steve Hackett, era Genesis, you know, but I like it. And, you know, I, I, I love Phoenix rain, your band when it wasn't cool to like power metal. I didn't give a fuck, you know? So, you know, you like what you like and people have a problem with that. Well, that's their problem, you know? And it doesn't bother me. It it doesn't bother me that I like bands that you don't, you know, I'm not here to say anybody, but. I mean, for me, bands like Dawkins and White Lion, I put in a positive um, uh, light only because I got something out of it. So. Yeah, of course. Hey, that's okay. You can, you're allowed to like them. Yeah. Fascist. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> There's none of that here, okay? Uh, listen, the other two jerks I do the show with, they don't like anything I like. So I find it hard to believe that, that Greg doesn't like anything you don't like. <laughs> I mean, Nate, I can understand because he's like really into like the you know Virginia-based thrash metal bands. But um, even though I'm glad that we could all agree on Guar, but Greg yeah, doesn't we, like the stuff you like. Some things, not much. I mentioned I don't like Nate. By the way, I really hate Nate. He's an asshole. 
Have I mentioned that yet? Oh, we're Double still on. Says. Oh, shit. Well, in that case, <laughs> Nate's a great guy. And uh, if you want to see Nate, maybe he'll come on another episode at some point. Uh, I don't know when. Actually, he's got a band that he uh, lined up to come on the show, so we'll see what happens with that. But anything else you want to add to the show? Nah, I think we've uh, wasted enough of the people's time watching this. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. And go buy that Fifth Angel album. Go buy both of them. And go buy the third one, actually. All three of them. Go buy all three of them. And you'll enjoy them. And if you can, find a t-shirt. And if you can't find a t-shirt, make one. Support them. Oh, that won't support them, but, you know, show the love for them. And then while you're supporting them, support us. RatSalvage.com. Buy a t-shirt. There's plenty of t-shirts on there. Another shirt on the way. And, um, yeah, and, and subscribe to all of our stuff on YouTube, iTunes, Pod, uh, Podbean, and on the Hameen Media Group on YouTube. Subscribe, please, to that as well. Oh, I think I might actually create a Music is Life podcast shirt, and I think I know what the hashtag is going to be. What's that? Fuck your hashtag. Fuck your yeah, hashtag, right. But it's going to be hard to wear that out. Uh, don't care. <laughs> I'm here to have fun, piss people off, and kick ass. That's all I'm here to do. That's all that matters. And that's what we're all out of bubble gum. (laughs) And we're out of time. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Good night.